I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, that's A-M-P-I-R-E. It is always much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by my longtime pal, Mike Jones, who used to, of course, cover the Redskins, now covers the NFL for The Athletic. So it was good to have Mike stop by. I like to bring in some league-wide perspectives on what is going on with this team. And there's a couple things. Of course, the ownership situation. So Mike and I do talk about that, try to address some of the things going on. But then I also ask him about the commanders, their offseason. Mike's job was to grade every transaction, basically free agent signing over the last couple of weeks. So what does he think of what the commanders have done? The key is, and this is one thing that I think is going to be looking forward, not just not only have they improved but how have they improved in relation to the other teams in the NFC East? So we talk about all of that. We I talk about Lamar Jackson, or we talk about Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, things that Mike thought that he felt like this team would go get, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, before we get there, I do want to go over a couple of things. And as a reminder, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. And the owners' meetings are coming up. I'll be out in Arizona Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um Check it out. There could be some stuff coming out of there. Who knows? But that's what I want to get into. So here's what we know about the ownership situation. A new name emerged on Wednesday. Steve, I'm going to try and get this right. Apostolopoulos. I think that's right. Apostolopoulos just kind of rolls off the tongue. But he emerged as one of the other bidders in this process. So now we know three names of the bidding groups. It's Josh Harris, Tillman Fertitta, and now Steve Apostolopoulos. How's that? Two, excuse me, three groups have toured the facilities. It's the Steve Apostolopoulos group, Harris, and then another unnamed group. And if you remember, I told you there were a couple unnamed groups in this, in this whole equation that could factor into this. So we know one of them. Tillman Fertitta has not toured the facility. Now, what I do know is he was scheduled to tour it. And then I think it was several weeks ago, they had an event at FedEx to for ticket season ticket holders, I think to pick out seats or something like that. That was the day he was scheduled to attend or to tour. Didn't want to do it with a lot of people there. So he, he told him he'd reschedule, has not rescheduled as of yet. So we know three groups have toured and there are there is another unnamed group in this process that, that, well, I was going to say we don't know about, but that's by saying they're unnamed, says we don't know. Apostolopoulos is a Canadian billionaire. So he does a lot of real estate stuff, private equity, all that kind of stuff. So interesting times, but again, it's another name. Now, it's not like he's a new bidder because my understanding is he toured the facility 
I want to say it was about several weeks ago. I'll just say that, which means that he's been in this process for a while. It's just that his name kind of came out. And I think part of the reason came out, he was one of the, he was looking into buying the, um, the Charlotte M NBA Charlotte team from Michael Jordan. So I think that's, you know, I think that's where it started to come out. But anyway, now we know that he's one of the other names in this process. There's always going to be the Jeff Bezos stuff that's going to be kind of sticking around. And, and at this point in the process, every time I see his name, I don't necessarily think that it's a real, I don't know where it's really at with him. I know what internally, what I've been told, you know, the, the disdain that the Snyders have for him. But how much is that disdain worth? Does everybody have a price with it? Is it worth another 500 million? If he says here, would you take that? I can't answer that. But I do know that there's some people involved in this who always feel like whenever his name gets floated, it's designed for another reason. Is it designed to maybe get others to raise their price a little bit as a, hey, you know what? This guy's still out here. Maybe I could do this. So I don't know that on the Bezos side that there's a ton of optimism that he's like a legit player in this. I don't know because I'm not in, nobody's involved there. Very few people. There's only a couple of people involved in this whole process who really know what's going on. And it's, I don't think it's anybody in the media folks anyway. So, but I think like somebody kind of told me this analogy a couple of weeks ago that they felt like Bezos was almost like the um, stadium equivalent of LA when like when teams were trying to get stadiums built in the past, they would always use, you know, LA needs a team. Maybe you could move there if you don't build a stadium. Well, obviously the LA threat is gone, but they wondered if Bezos, his name wasn't being used sometimes in that manner. I don't know. It just adds another layer to everything that's going on. Will this be wrapped up anytime soon as far as who we know, who the um, new owner will be before? Again, no vote until late May at the earliest. But could they announce it anytime? I think at this point, I would just say at any time, right? But I don't know that, and I don't know that anything is imminent. Um, what, here's what I also know, and talking to some other groups that are involved that and who have been involved in these kind of things before, what typically happens is if a deal was done, they would know because the group, the person selling it would go to the other group and say, you're out, I'm selling to this guy. That hasn't happened. Now, the other thing could be that they, you enter into an exclusive um, process where it's like, we want, to, we want to make a deal with you. And so now we're going to just kind of this exclusive bidding process to see if they can come get to a conclusion. If not, then it goes back to, to the others. Now, the other groups may not know if that's going on. So I don't know. I, that's a general um, statement. It kind of, it's kind of vague, but it's just to give you a little bit of insight into the process. And my only point in that is, Certainly, there are some groups who have not been told that anything is done. So, you know, just take that for what it's worth. So I think, you know, again, I'll be out at the owners meetings. Um, I do believe Tanya Snyder will be there. It's not unusual. She's been at the last. She's been representing the franchise. Her and some of the other attorneys have been representing the franchise. Re certainly at all the last several meetings. I mean, she's been doing that for a while now. But I think some of the other attorneys might be there just to update the sales process, if nothing else. So we'll see. And I think the other thing that I always warn you about with this and what others have warned me about is like, with Dan, you never know. So that's what I have for you now. Again, I'll be out there, out in Arizona, sunny Arizona, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, leave Tuesday night. And I will, I'll have some podcasts from out there. But now 
Let's get to my conversation with Mike Jones from The Athletic. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com. And enter promo code KIME23DC. All right, Mike. Um... Thanks for coming on. And we have the owners meetings coming up in a few days and we'll both be out there. A lot of stuff going around with this team. First of all, and I had Barry Faluga on the other day and I asked him this too, because he was around, he's been around in DC for a long time. You cover this franchise, you know, this owner, how surprised are you that we're at this point? And when did you fully believe we may be hit this point? I, I, I don't know if the, exactly if there was a win I felt, um, you know, I had thought even, you know, after the name change and um, the investigation stuff, I, I still thought he was going to dig in. But I think maybe, you know, the point was when we were up in New York and Jim Irsay was the first owner to say, you know, I, I think it would be beneficial. Um, it's best if we, you know, look to have him sell. And that's when I was like, OK, because before I have been told, look, none of these owners are going to come out against him. They don't want to set a precedent um, and then be forced out themselves. But when Ursay said that, that's when it was like, oh, so maybe there is some opposition here. Maybe there are people who are really tired of this act and things might change. Um, and it does seem like it is just it's been a snowball and it's picking up and picking up. And it looks like it's a matter of when, not if uh, Snyder will sell. But I tell you, there's still a lot of people who 
um, you know, as recently as the combine, one guy I talked to who had inter- interviewed for the offensive coordinator position, I asked, just like, what have you heard? Like, what did they tell you when you're sitting down? And he was under the impression that Snyder was going to sell all but a few shares. So that way he still had a couple shares for his kids uh, to pass on to them or whatever. Um, you know, that's what I guess was the hope or whatever. But I don't think that that's actually going to be the case. Right. Um, I think that uh, the NFL wants no parts of Snyder. Um, I think and uh, I don't think that another owner who's coming in would even want that as well. And so maybe that was what the hope was. But uh, it does seem like it's 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 going to happen. It's just, you know, we'll see when. Right. And, you know, it's funny because you do you did hear a lot of things throughout this process about possible scenarios. But I can't imagine the NFL would have approved that kind of a situation. Yeah, no, exactly. Because, I mean, look, they want this investigation stuff to go away. Right. I mean, it, it, if, if he's still there, even owning, you know, you know, three percent of the team, right. it's still um, a distraction. He's still part of it. And you still have people clamoring uh, for to release the the details um, that I don't I, I think they want to be they don't want to be in bed with this guy anymore. Um, right. And so even if he say he had decided, no, I'm not, you know, we had heard, oh, he's not going to sell. I think they would have been like, if he said, I'm not selling, they would have been like, oh, yes, you are. Um, <laughs> and, and made sure that he was. Well, how much do you think that they might be worried that if they push too hard, that he'll fight back in a harder way? I mean, I think that there is enough support that they feel like they'll have the votes but they don't want that because right. then there's the risk of litigation and all that stuff, um, you know, and, and nobody wants to go through that headache. So that's why they feel like, hey, it's better for everybody involved if you just voluntarily sell this thing um, and, and and you take your money and go and we can go on um, with our business. Um, because I, I don't see any way that he survives this just because if it's not voluntarily, they'll force him out. But then it's just going to take longer. It'll drag on and on and on um, if if they have to go that route. I don't know that I could take another couple of years of of, of litigation <laughs> and excuse me and all that. You have and my answer to this is going to be I have no idea. But what's your expectation for owners meetings and what may be discussed, happen, anything? Do you have any sense? Um, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of movement. I think there'll probably be some updates. Um, I mean, we're still hearing of new possible, you know, you know, prospective buyers coming out of the woodworks, you know, just as, as recently as what was that Wednesday? Wednesday. Um, now that guy yeah. did, that guy toured the facility three weeks right. ago. So he's not really a new bidder. It's just a new right. name for the public. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. So we're just hearing about new things. So I don't think that they're I still think there's time, you know, the thing is just about to happen here um, next week. Uh, I know that there was some hope back at the last uh, meetings in the fall that there was hope that this would be resolved by the spring. Um, Ursa had even said that, but I don't think it's going to be then. I, from what talking to people, um, while it does seem like it's a matter of when, it doesn't seem like that when is next week, um, you know, maybe May. Right. I've been told, but again, that's a maybe. As far uh, as it being approved. Right, right. Yeah, yeah but, there's but, no chance next week it'll be approved. No, uh-uh, no, no. Maybe May is when we're right. really close to something getting done. And I don't even know if that's the approval in May or if it's okay. like, okay, you know, but, but people said maybe May. It's But right. it's such a maybe. Nobody for sure knows. Right. 
um, exactly how long. Um, or, you know, is it gonna, is he gonna hold out a little more and hope somebody else comes up with some more money? I, you know, there's, there's just so many moving parts. Um, and it's not something that we go through a lot in covering, you know, right. um, you know, and it's not something that a lot of teams, even, uh, ownership groups have a lot of experience with people selling teams. We've seen a few sold in the last several years, but, um, you know, we know the Panthers sold pretty quickly because their owner was like, boom, you know, he felt the pressure to get rid of it but it it takes some time it does and and you know it's funny though because it seems it feels like it could take x or it could be boom with, yeah. with this and like in talking to people in the process like it's it has not been a typical process so they're just kind of everybody's kind of prepared for anything at any time right yeah um and you just expect there's going to be twists and turns and delays and you know, nothing is. Why would ever we simple. expect that? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we've seen it's like Gilligan's Island, different twists, same <laughs> outcome, you know. So just expect that there's going to be something wacky. Something's going to hold something up. It's not going to be as simple and cut and dry as it should be. How good. You know, this fan base, you know, this area. How good will it be for them when this is done? Oh, I think it'll be huge because I know there are a number of fans who. Um, have stayed away who have stopped following the team but they still have a hole they have a hole there and I think if the ownership group changes you've got hope and I think people come back I know it it makes life easier for people like Jason Wright and his staff trying to market this team um, to to the fans and to business partners um, just that whole stench uh, the the investigation now there still will be the the fight to get those details released, but this franchise that will have a fresh start, um, and that's something that I think that this fan base really needs. I think there's a lot of fatigue, um, you know, and just so much disappointment. And so then you think, okay, maybe you know the the football gods will smile on us, and we can finally get out of this this cycle of just disappointment after disappointment and embarrassment after embarrassment. Um, and it would be truly a new day. What do, when you talk, cause you, you covered here. Now you cover the league and have for several years now, how many years now has it been? Um, let's see. It's been six years that I've really? been, I was there. Yeah. I was eight years out at the post. Um, so I covered the team for nine years and then, uh, six years um, I've been Holy crap. covering uh, the league. Yeah. Wow. So when you talk to people around the league about this franchise, what is it that, like when they look to Washington, what do they ask you about this place? What is it that they say? Is there, do you get a, what is, what is it? You know, I don't, I mean, I know a lot of people around the league too. I mean, because they yeah. all worked here at one point. Right. But right. what do you exactly. hear? What do people, what is it? <laughs> what's the reaction to people? Well, that that's what I was about to say. A lot of the people I hear from, it's, you know, it's, it's the like, same. yeah, they did it again, you yeah. know, or, or like, you know, cause from people who used to work here, just yeah. like, you know, some things never change. They yeah. can't get out of their own way. It's all, it's never going to change until that guy at the top. And then you do hear from some that are, you know, just like, is it really, you know, is it really that bad there? Or what was it like there? You know, who do ask questions. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they're just not relevant. So you don't hear a whole lot. But the main that I hear from, and it's, again, like that that whole people from the coaching staff, front office, scouting department, they've spread out quite a bit. Um, it's a lot of people. 
And a lot of them still keep tabs, even though they're gone. And they're just like, it's like a train. It's that car wreck that you can't look away from. And even though they're gone. And so, yeah, that's mostly it's like, you know, I don't think people realize. So a lot of people I hear from, you know, it's thank God I'm gone. They're like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how bad it yes. was there until I got to another franchise. Yes. And I yes. thought that everywhere operated like this. Well, it doesn't really work right. that way. And we're so glad that we're other places. That's that's another thing I hear a lot of is like, wow, I didn't realize just how bad we had it. Right. Um, because they just thought that was just the NFL way. But no, um, the way of treating people, that, that's not what it was. It, it, right. And so that's why it's going to be huge to have a different set of leadership. But it also right. feels like there are a lot of those ex coaches all that I think this place mattered to them. And there are a lot yeah. of ex-employees that I'll hear that from. They'll say, like, I loved working for that, you know, or for the name, right? The Washington Redskins. It meant something to them. And then to see it be dismantled the way it has been, I think it, you know, I think there was always some, I think a lot of people felt like they left something here of themselves. And so it's still, they still, like, I've talked to people, like, they, they, they'd like to see it turn around in a different situation. Yeah, it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears poured yeah. into it. You know, I think that um, even though ownership um, and they weren't treated well, I think that they felt like they were kind of like, yo, we're in this for each other. Um, and and they also, there are still some people who are still left. And so they they feel for their friends that are here, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so, yeah. And they also know the area and just how badly this fan base wants to win and, and how badly the right. fan base has wanted to believe and, and you know, Kate someone coming back. And I know numbers have dropped, but, you know, there still has been that desire. Um, and I think also there's a, a, a group of people who have been here who remember that 2012 season yeah. and just how that second half of the 2012 season, just how electric it was, how it felt in the building, how it felt in the city, driving around, you know, seeing, you know, flags flying on people's cars and just knowing that man like it looked so good and then it just it didn't last and just knowing how this franchise and the city could be um i think that that does make them you know they're gone and they're glad to be gone but they would be happy if snyder was gone and if the franchise and the fans could finally experience quality um and success from new leadership one of the questions I get a lot, I'm going to turn to the to on-field stuff because, you know, we talk about this, right? But I think let's get to the on-field in a minute. The last thing is the name, the commanders. So the lobby, mm-hmm. obviously, it has not, the fan base is not connected to that name. And right. I get a lot of, oh, I hope the new owner comes in and brings a new name. And I did ask somebody here about that. And they're like, they didn't think there was any chance of that happening, uh, you know, regardless of who the owner is. Do you ever hear anything about that? Do you have you ever talked to anybody in the league about that? I I can't imagine because my thinking, well, first of all, they, as I said, somebody here who was involved in that process thought there'd be no way. But the other right. thing is, at what point, what if you get another name and not everybody agrees? And so what does the NFL do then? And it'd be like, it would be, a, you know, how many new names can you get? But anyways, have you... Ever? No, I, I haven't really talked about um that with anybody. I have heard, you know, I've seen that on Twitter and yeah. people saying hopefully they bring a new name or whatever. Um, but I I just haven't um dug into that as far as I would be surprised. Um, just because I mean it takes a while to get a new name and all the copyright and trademark stuff and everything like that. Um, and I just again, like you said, 
I don't know if you're ever gonna totally find a name that makes everybody happy. Um, the NFL just wants, you know, no dysfunction, you know, no controversies and good football. Um, you know, who cares what it, the name is, you know, right. I think that's what matters most right now to them. Um, okay. now if the new owner came in and wanted to, then okay. But I don't think it's something that they would be pushing. No, I think it'd be awfully hard. I don't think the NFL wants to go through another year of this franchise changing its name right. and the cost involved and all, you know, this and that. And, you know, there, and again, what happens if the fan base doesn't like the next one, what do right. they do? So that's always a risk, but in who knows, I haven't talked to me in the league about it, but um, yeah. I think the bigger thing is what you should, what people should be worried about is can they improve the on-field product? Because if yeah. you don't, you're going to be in the same spot. I mean, look at the Washington wizards. That name is ridiculous. But right. if they won, all right, you know, but it's it's 20 years in and it, or whatever it is, and it's still yeah. a bad name. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One of the things you had to do for The Athletic was, as you were saying earlier when before we came out, is grade of the free agency moves. When you look at what Washington did, it weren't very loud, but how, what did you think of what the commanders did? Um, I thought that um, I thought that they had a, a smart approach. I know people would have liked if they had spent more money um, or done something dramatic, but they did. I thought made some needs along their offensive line, um, you know. And look, they're not in a good spot because of the ownership and the sale and everything like that. So they couldn't really break the bank. Um, but I thought they got some quality, you know, linemen to to fortify that. Um, I thought getting Jacoby Brissett was a good move. Yeah. As I don't, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't believe in Sam Howell, not yet. Um, like he maybe could be, but I think it was really dangerous uh, to go into the season with him as basically, you know, him and, you know, some, you know, I don't know, I just feel it was smart to get uh, a quality veteran. And, and Jacoby Brissett is respected around the league for his ability, for his leadership, for um, just the way he carries himself. Uh, so he'll be good for Howell. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he winds up starting. Um, but we don't know what the leash on Howell is going to be. Right. Um, you know, we've seen so many times that a backup quarterback looks really good and then the defenses get some film on them and then they struggle. But the fact that they have somebody who knows his role, who is going to carry himself as a professional, whether he's starting, whether he's backing up, and then he's going to be ready to jump in and start and play at a pretty good, you know, good level. Um, he's not, you know, elite or anything like that, but he can uh, be serviceable um, if you need him to. I think that's good. That's the kind of veteran you need and not somebody who's 
basically hanging on for one more paycheck and right. can't throw the ball 15 yards down the field. Not somebody who, you know, has is very green, just like your starter, but a guy who's, you know, been in the battles. And I, you know, a lot of people felt like he did a very good job uh, yeah. with what he was dealt in Cleveland. Um, and so, um, yeah, I thought that was, that was probably, I know he's not a starter, you know, on paper right now, but I thought that was probably one of their best moves Agreed. that they made a free agency. Yeah. And I, cause the floor to me is higher if he comes in certainly. And, I, and he's an upgrade. I mean, I, you know, right. I enjoyed Taylor Heineke, but Brissett I think is a solid would be if he has to play, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. I think for a team that has a good defense and wants to run the ball like they do, I think he could fit well if he has to go play. And it's a good insurance policy for Holland. It's a guy who's respected, who'll be respected in the locker room. So I think that I agree with you. I think I we had to do like an under the radar signing, and that was mine. I don't know that a quarterback's under the radar, but I think what he gives you is really good. And I think right. that was a good signing for that reason. Did they the other because the other thing is, you know, I look at that and I can say you can ask, well, have has this team improved? Well, I think they probably have, but the question then becomes. How have they improved in relation to the rest of the NFC East? What have you thought about what the rest of the NFC East has done? And I know like so much, there's so long to go. There is so much rides on Howell's development and so Mm -hmm. much rides on like health and all that. So people can calm down at this time of year with that discussion because you don't know. But right now, what, what has, how have you viewed the rest of the NFC East in terms of their level of improvements? Um, I feel like the Eagles have taken a step back, possibly, because they lost a lot in free agency, um, especially on their defense. Um, I felt like the Giants took some steps forward. The Cowboys, um, they probably improved a little bit. I don't know that Washington dramatically improved. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, again, there's some improvement um, just from the quarterback situation, from the offensive line situation. Um, you know, but it's, again, it's so early, but if you look at them, I still feel like they're probably the fourth best team in the league, in the uh, district, think about high school sports, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) division, you know, and, um, that doesn't mean that they can't like put some things together, have a good draft and, and take some strides. But just if you had to do it on paper right now, um, when you look at, uh, what the giants did, the continuity they're going to have with um, Daniel Jones and Saquon and then adding some more weapons around them. Um, And you look at uh, Dallas getting some help, I think Brandon cooks um, and then, you know, obviously Stefan Gilmore, you know, so they've gotten some key pieces on both sides of the ball. Um, Washington, uh, you know, you know, it's the still gradual assembly. Um, And so that's why I kind of think that they're probably improved, but everybody, you know, didn't pull away from them, but, I don't, I don't. I didn't see them leapfrogging anybody. Right, and I think that's. And again, to me, the whole thing is, what does Sam Howell do? And right. and if Brissett does have to play, but there is a ceiling to me when you have Jacoby Brissett. And, right, right. And so, like, but what you know? And I, I think the other part is, they weren't far from where the Giants were. I mean, they they yeah. really should have won the first game. They were in control of that, and then the second game. I mean, those teams are pretty even, so there's not a lot of margin for error for for a couple of those teams. But yeah, I think it, you know, I think there's a leap of faith and they have to hope that Howell progresses. And plus the the impact of the enemy. What do you think that will do for this offense? And and to me, there's a natural transition period, but 
you know, what do you think? What do you think of his impact? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and going real quick, what you said about Howell, you know, I was something I asked around at the combine. I'm like, what makes you think that like one game, what, you know, do you see? And he keeps on pointing out that, look, if you look at his college grades, yeah. um, the year before he came out, he rated very high mm-hmm. um, and above some of the guys who went that year in the draft and he got, went back to school. Year. So they feel like, you know, that there's something there. And I mean, there is something, but I'm yeah. just like, I just don't know if when. it's ready yet. Right. You know, it's a matter of when. Um, I do think that the enemy will bring creativity. Um, and because Howell isn't a statue and is a little bit bigger, um, I think there's going to be things that the enemy can do with him um, that maybe he couldn't do with Heineke. that was limited or something like that, you know, size wise. Um, durability probably helps a little bit. Um, and look, they've got the wide receivers, mm-hmm. um, you know, tight end. I, I kind of would have liked to see them make a push for a real impactful tight end in free agency. Um, and they didn't do that. Maybe you're doing, you know, maybe to get somebody to draft. I don't know. Um, because you know that, you know, that offense really needs, you know, for the enemy, you know, they feature the tight end um, but, very and, well. Yeah. And, they I mean, do like their tight. They do like their. Yeah, I've I've had this discussion with a lot of people on here, yeah. but they do like their young tight ends, and so and I think the having those receivers lessens a little bit. But I yeah. it wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out something in the draft. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, we don't know exactly what um the enemy um what his offense is exactly going to look like. Are we going to see ring around the rosies before that, you know, goal line situations (laughs) or things like that. But I do think there's going to be a lot of creativity because every time that they had, um, even in the Super Bowl, those plays that they ran for those wide open touchdowns, um, they said, you know, yeah, that was a, the enemy put that one in a, the enemy, you know, so if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are giving him credit like that, um, I do think that we're going to see um, a little more spice maybe, um, you know, hopefully a little more consistency um, here and there than what they have. Yeah, and I think having bread and butter plays would help them as well. And I never, in the right. last three years, I never knew what the bread and butter plays were. Right. And then I think, you know, I think there was always complaints from the, from the offense. By the end of the year, it was unanimous. It felt unanimous as far as what guys were saying. And I think just having a new voice in there, a demanding yeah. voice will help. Yes, exactly. I agree. You know, it's about tone setting, you know, and eventually, you know, and I think, I mean, Scott did some creative things, um, but, you know, I just think that it was time for a new voice, a new approach, maybe a little more discipline, um, you know, and I think that the credibility uh, from where the enemy came from is going to resonate with these guys. And I've, I've sat down with him. I've, you know, spent a good amount of time with them and I felt like, hey, man, like I might be able to suit up, you know what I mean? So oh, I think yeah. that he'll connect with these guys and pull something out of them um, and really inspire, whereas there was kind of like some some bad blood um, with, the, you know, the previous play call. There, was, there wasn't – there was not much inspiration. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think guys need to feel energized by your game plan, by how you call plays. And it wasn't like there was – everything was bad. There was a disconnect at times – Right. what they wanted to be versus what they were, what the head coach wanted, what mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator wanted. And it just led to some, some issues. The other, the other topic that everybody talked about with these guys is Lamar Jackson. Now, one thing is I think their salary cap right now is right around 3 million. So I don't think they, it was never really an option. Cause I asked about that. 
But what do you yeah. what have you thought about the whole Lamar situation and what do you think happens there? Yeah, you know, I I was like, okay, if these owners really are colluding, which is what a lot of people think, um, and it certainly looks like it. I'm like, why is a Snyder give the finger to all these owners that want him out of there and go after Lamar and give him, you know, but you know, I was told, hey, it's not it's not Dan making the decisions right. on this. If Ron wanted him, they would go after him. Um, and you know, yes, the salary cap's a thing, and you know, they have a plan in place. And uh, even though Lamar would be great for this franchise and the market, um, it's not, you know, what Ron wants. And I know some people get upset when they hear that. Like, you don't really know. But no, I mean, you know, these people have had no reason to lie. Um, but it's, that's it's not, not the vision that they have for this team. No. And I think some of that, too, is like if they did. Well, if you went and got Lamar, who is an exciting player, everybody would agree with that. He'd be a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. I think the feeling was Baltimore is going to match anyway. Like unless you give him a fully guaranteed deal, which I don't think right. these guys would do that. You know, he's a running quarterback who's had two years of injuries. I don't think you're going to give him 230 million guaranteed. It just makes it tough. So then anything short of that, Baltimore's going to match. And I think that's right. what they've right. always felt. And so, you know, what people have to remember is that if you go out and you feel I've made him an offer sheet, you probably aren't signing Deron Payne because you right. don't have the room to do that. You may have to do it after the fact, but when you sign that offer sheet that during that stretch, you can't, you're that's that money comes off your cap. So they would have limited. And I think, you know, in their minds, then it's like, well, who aren't you going to be able to keep if you do this? Because in a couple of years, those salaries are 50 or $60 million a year. So yeah, what are you yeah. going to do? And so I think all of that stuff added up, but I think a big thing was, I also think Mike, like last year they got burned by what they did um, mm-hmm. going out and getting Wentz and then kind of they've gone the other way and they look at it like, well, the way to do it is with the rookie quarterback contract, that's what <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to do. But the guy's got to hit. You, yeah. you know, you've got to hit. And so I think there, that's, I think there's belief, but also with that belief, there's a little bit of a leap of faith. So, I mean, it would have been, it would be a blast to cover Lamar. I would just say like after what we've watched for a number of years to cover yeah. him, one of the most exciting players in the NFL, it would be a blast, but I just, it never was realistic here. Yeah. Um, but what do you think happens? I mean, do you think has, has there been an assumption and I, you know this better than me, but has there been an assumption that Baltimore would just match and they're just waiting on that? Yeah, um, you know, I was I was asking around, okay, what's a reasonable offer? And they said probably three years, 144 million, because that gets them at 45, 48 million. Yeah. Um, you know, but Baltimore would just match that. Right. Um, you know, and so they don't see anybody doing anything crazy. And again, these owners have basically said, Hey, we're not gonna do this, okay? We're not having another Cleveland situation. Right. And so and Baltimore also knew that that's why they didn't put um, you know, why they did the non-exclusive because they knew they weren't really have competition for him. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. I think he winds up, I think we see a repeat of Kirk Cousins where um, he plays on the tag. Now, has he played two years? I don't know, but I think he plays on the tag um, and then, uh, you know, goes elsewhere. Um, I don't know if it's one year or two years, but we'll see. See, now that would be, that's where it's going to get interesting because let's say he plays on the tag for one year and then you have a new owner here and you say, you know what, see how Sam Howell does. And if Howell doesn't right. work out and you got this new owner, it's like, hey, let's sell some, you know. Right, right. And I don't like, yeah. and I, you know, 
it's just fun. This is just fun talk, but right. I don't want just, to, but you know, and, but the, the thing with Baltimore too, I think the other factor that they felt here was there's no way Baltimore would let him come to Washington. Where right. You're, you're right down the fighting. road. You're yeah. there's that middle line in Maryland, in Maryland, where it's like, you know, the, all these people are there. Baltimore fans because of Lamar. Now they're going right. to come down here. You're going to really let that happen. So there are all sorts of reasons, but like, like I said, it's not a, it's never a matter of, is he a really good quarterback or not? It's a matter of, could you pull it off? Would, would Baltimore, Baltimore put the non-exclusive specifically so people would negotiate with them so they could just sign them off right. that. But it seems like, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I don't, you know, it would, but he would be fun to watch. I remember at the combine when he was being interviewed, I'm like, oh my God, I wish they like somehow get this guy because he'd just be fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He would be, um, you know, it, there would light DC on fire. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's fun to dream, but unfortunately, yeah, but it's, um, you know, that's all it is. Yep. So, um, when does Aaron Rodgers get done? You think? You have any clue? Oh man! I mean, you would think it's got to be around the draft because I mean, if you're the Packers, you don't want to wait and drag this thing. People said, "Oh, they've got the leverage; they can drag this out. They don't have to pick up his option, you know, until you know September." But why not take a better pick now and risk right. him being really good with them, and then your picks aren't as high? Right. So I think that as we get close to the draft is when we'll see that they finally go ahead. So that way because they know what you're getting as far as picks go um, and then going from there. And also the picks help you this year instead of agreeing, you know, in, you know, right. June and those picks don't help you uh, until another year. So right. I think before the draft. Mike, tell people where they can find you. Go to the athletic. Um, I'm on also on Twitter um, at, uh, at by Mike Jones and uh, Instagram at by Mike Jones. And um, yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. There we go. Thanks a lot, Mike. Got to get, gotta get right, some man. smoking done, man. Yeah, man. I got a new barbecue book called um, The South's Best Butts. Ooh. It takes this tour through the South, but it also has this whole area with like the sides. It's burnt in mac and cheese and all kinds oh, of really? stuff. So I just yeah. got that. That's like once we get past the draft, I'm going to like dive into this thing and have a lot of fun and see. Um, there you go. Yeah, awesome. Go. Thanks, man. All right, I'll see you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Mike for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another podcast Tuesday night. YouTube show comes out that Monday morning. I'm going to kind of take a look at the owners' meetings, but also some other leftover tidbits because I don't know at that point. Will we have new information on the owners? I don't know. So there you go. I'll talk to you next time.